Hi all. I'm everyone's favorite bunny boy ranger, Rolf Seaspear. And due to some technical difficulties, some important story bits have been lost to the ether. So we're going to fill you in on what you missed. Previously, on Proficiency Plus 6, the party split up to seek answers. First, Waylon, Catherine, and Reese went to besiege the supreme inventor, Jingle Crack Whizbang, to allow them access to the Royal Library in hopes of learning of something they could use to defeat the Phoenix. Upon arriving at the palace, they were told by an eccentric gnomish girl to wait. She had to destroy her enchanted oatmeal that had suddenly come to life. The three party members then met with Jingle Crack, who explained that admittance to the library needed to be earned, as he could not risk his family's reputation after his father worked so hard to repair it. Jingle Crack registered the party for the Festival of Thought, formerly a bloody tournament that challenged the mind and body, now a reasonably safe rite of passage that grants the winners a singular boon from the Supreme Inventor. The group learned that their first challenge would be to defeat an Arcock and obtain its egg. To aid them, Jingle Crack offered the party a magic ring to protect one of them from the Beast Lightning. Meanwhile, back at the Glass House, I had a meeting with the rabbit folk songstress, Alva, who explained to me that our people have become ruthless hunters, guarding our territory and seeking out those who had explored the wilds and killing them without remorse. After formerly we were peaceful guardians who watched over the breach to the Feywild and worshipped a long-forgotten moon goddess, hence the name Moonfolk. Alva encouraged me to visit a temple in the Forte, where another of our kind could enlighten me further. Shasu gave me ingredients for a potion that could help make sense of the dreams I've had of being taken from the wilds as a child. The only problem is, I can't brew potions, which means I guess we'll have to ask Catherine next time I see her. And those are all the bits you've missed. We hope that you enjoyed this week's episode, and may the moon take you from the sea and back. All right. So last we left off, the party had split with Waylon, Reese, and Catherine going to visit the Supreme Inventor for access to the Royal Library, leaving Hrolf and Zenis to pull down the fort back at the tavern. Zenis was looking over his magic book given to him by his mysterious visitor, and Hrolf had an appointment with the first other rabbit folk he had seen in a very, very long time. Hrolf learned a lot about his people, and Zenis learned quite a bit about the mysterious benefactor he had, a woman who gave herself the name of Amethyst. The other three returned to the library, and you made plans to go to the actual library to get information about your next challenge for the Festival of Thought. Okay, what are you guys doing? At this point, it's about 2 p.m. We need to get a map to get that bird egg, correct? Yes. Yeah. They said that it would probably be, we should probably ask somebody at the library. Well, we have a connection. Yeah, good news. We get to go to a library that's uh, not hurtful in any way, shape, or form. Careful. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We've been burned before, literally. Unbelievable. I have to knock on wood and this, and this whole building is made of glass. Oh my, here, here, just, and you can, she'll hand up the broom stick handle to you. Just, just in case. <laughs> She's very superstitious. <laughs> Zenith knocks on it. <laughs> Good. 
I didn't realize it's a good reason to carry this around. I feel like that's not the reason it's a good reason to carry it around. <laughs> what what other possible use could I have for this flying broom? <laughs> what am I gonna fly with it? Come on. Fly. Constantly avoid danger. Oh, these shoes, I can't let them touch the ground. They were very expensive. Got those new Jordans. If you scuff them, you can't return them. <laughs> Your Louboutins. <laughs> Showing red bottoms this whole time. <laughs> this whole time. So yeah, it's like, it's wanna... like a boot, but it's a stiletto. It's a witch boot. Do we want to uh, make our way towards the library? Sure. All right. Lead the way. Sounds Where good. is the library again? Sorry, just trying to orient my funny senses because I am a prey animal, so I have to know where to run at all times. I don't know. They just told us, go to the library. Great. <laughs> Love that. Zenis did tell you that Zenis was given a map to the library. Oh. Right. Which is why I was asking Zenis. Oh. Obviously. Was that obvious? To the library. To the library. Right, so Zenis leads you through the city. Uh, you guys notice this is your first time being out in the main part of the city during the normal business hours, and it is is thriving. Most every street has been turned into effectively an open-air market. There is not room for any sort of carriage or anything like that, and you guys spend most of your time not claustrophobically, but sort of wading through these large open air crowds you eventually find yourself on the south, south excuse me on the southern side of town and there is a large hexagonal building that has a very flat roof that is designed to look like the large a large spine of a book subtle i love a good yeah i love a good uh lit, literal architecture <laughs> there are large steps leading up to the door which is obviously unlocked I'm going to let you take this one, buddy. And then pat Zenith on the back. You've earned it. Yes, I have to use Zenith. Okay, I'm going in first. Just both hands pushing the doors open. You push the doors open, and the entire library is on fire. (laughs) 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 No, um, you push the doors open, and it's a moderately sized library. It's not enormous, but it's, it's pretty large. There's probably a solid, like, square half mile for this library. And right next to you on the left-hand side is a large uh, desk and standing behind it is a gnomish woman with her hair done in a very tight bun in the back. And she has very dark moss green hair sitting on basically like a stepping stool, um, organizing what appear to be, looks like punch cards of some kind. The owner of the glass house was called Dahlia or Darcy? Dahlia. Dahlia. Um, hi, we are, um, we're looking for, uh, Dahlia, was it cousin or sister? Sister. Sister. We're looking for Dahlia's sister? So, when you do that, she drops the card that she's looking, and you you can tell she was very focused, she didn't even see you enter, and she goes, oh, oh, (laughs) um, hi, yes, that's me, that's me, my, uh, my name is Sarah. She holds out a hand for you to shake. Hi, Sarah, nice to meet you, I'm Zenis. Oh, you're Zenis. Yes, yes. My sister did tell me about you. She said that you were coming here looking for research or something. I'm sorry. It's been a long night. Don't worry about it. Actually, our priorities have shifted a bit since then. We're actually looking for a a map or something that could help us uh, with our, our, our quest currently. 
we're looking for an what exactly we're we looking for again? Arcock. Oh, a map to a Arcock nest. Of course, yeah. I just recently um, did some sort of cartography work mapping those out as part of a study that I was doing. Is there anything else you would like to look for while you're here, or would you like me just to take you straight to the map? My companions here. My companions here will go straight for the map. But do you have anything on storm angels? Storm angels. Oh, you mean angels that have formed through the ether storm? Yes, sure. I presume so. Uh, yes, I have some work on that. Anything else, or do would I can take you to the maps first? Um, I might, <clears throat> I might like something, but we can do the the map and all that first. Okay. So she turns and she goes to hop off of her step stool, and three of the books on a nearby table fly down to form like a little staircase for her, and then they fly back onto the spot when she's done. And she is just about as tall as Dahlia, so she's rather short. And she just starts waddling over, and she goes, Come on, the cartography's in the back. I follow her. Oh, yeah, because we're going. So as she's walking, you can tell that there are quite a few other individuals also re uh, working and reading, including there is one person who opens a book and puts her head inside the book, and then comes out, and she goes, hmm, and closes it and puts it away. You make your way all the way into the back, and there is a large glass shelf, and it looks like it has large drawers built into it. And she goes over and she starts walking, and once again, some books fly off of a shelf to form a staircase for her as she walks all the way up to one of the top shelves, opens it up, has this big, large tube, turns it around and says, one of you, heads up, and just drops it. Oh. Right, just take it. Which one of you is trying to take it? Both of them, they knock heads in the middle. <laughs> it's like they both go for it at the same time. I'll, I'll do it. All right, yeah. Reese, give me a deck save. Oh, I'm sorry. Dex check. I apologize. Okay. Okay. 13. So it falls, and you notice about five feet before it gets down to where you are, it just completely slows down. It slows down and drifts the last five feet very gently into your hands. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Zenes is going to uh, look for those books that uh, she used as a staircase and uh, pull them out and just dust, dust them <laughs> to make sure they're okay. I figured it was going to do that. So as you go to grab one of the books, you can tell that there is a thin, like, bar magical barrier going all the way around them. So it doesn't look like she's actually stepping down onto them. Good. I was about to throw hands. Venice <laughs> watching her step on books. <laughs> she continues to walk down, and the book that you're holding, uh, Zenith, flies out of your hand and goes back to its spot. And she goes and she takes the uh, map case from Eurice. And she just says, follow me, We uh, and let me just find a nice table for you. And she takes you, not very far, just a couple of uh, a couple of seconds walk, and there's a, this large, beautiful uh, glass table, very clearly a cartography table. And she unroll, unscrews the uh, map case, and the map flies out and rolls itself nice and flat on the table. Gucci. She says, okay, so... She points at one spot on the map, and she says, this is where we are. And you can notice there is a large it's like an icon of like a city and she says this is shatter's home and you know what why don't you look over the map i'm going to go help your friend friend the books i will be back in just one moment all right so then at this point she turns and she says storm angels is what you said correct correct okay so she sort of beckons for you to join her she leads you down a couple of a couple of aisles and she turns and she points to a book about seven feet up and she says it's 
that whole line right there, that whole section, did you want me to get them all for you or did you want me just to get you like a ladder? Um, I think a ladder would be most appro- more appropriate. Sure. She snaps her fingers and one of those library like aisle ladders comes careening around one of the corners and stops right in front of you at the right spot. Zenis doesn't want her stepping on more books. <laughs> oh, she could have easily just beckoned them all to her. She chooses to step on books. <laughs> <laughs> the horror. It's a power move. Yeah, fully. Yeah, I'll just hop on and get to that section. He has his bell moment from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> I love this one, but you've read it so many times. <laughs> the dictionary. <laughs> it's just the dictionary. <laughs> so... After she gives you the ladder, she gestures at a nearby section of tables that look largely unoccupied, and she says, feel free to help yourself to anything, any of the open tables, and I will come check on you in a bit. If you have any questions, you can just ask. Sure, thank you. Of course. And she turns around and makes her way back to you all, and at this point, she says, okay, so are you looking for a particular kind of archive? I, I, I'm not 100% sure on the situation. Is this a research project? What can what can I assist you with? Do we still have the the strip of paper, or did we give it back to them? The strip of paper that said to get the. I believe that was Catherine drew it. I don't know if she gave it back. She he didn't ask for it back. No, I, I was the one that drew it. Um, I'm pretty sure, but uh, okay. So I I'll just pull out the the strip of paper and I'll say um, well, I think we're just supposed to get. Uh, an Arcock egg. I don't think they mentioned a specific kind. Are there multiple kinds? There are varying kinds of Arcock. It sort of depends on the voltage and the altitude of the Arcock itself. If you are being told to get an egg, that's going to be less of a research project and more of a fight. The Arcock is very similar to the old legends, the primal legends of of, of, of a phoenix, of a phoenix the firebird, in the sense that when you kill it, it reverts itself into an egg of its of whatever kind. And so you would need to find one, slay one, and then return with the egg. Is she gonna see all of us just become like immediately triggered whenever she mentions the phoenix? Yeah, as soon as she says the word phoenix, we're all like Absolutely not. <laughs> Get into no. battle poses. Like she is completely oblivious to to how you all are acting. And she like climbs straight up onto the table and she says, this, and she points to a mountain in the north. She says, this is the closest one to the city. You would lead through the northern exit, and it would get you there either by nightfall, or if you left in the morning, you would probably get there around noon. I would recommend not fighting the Arcock at night, as it rains in the mountains, and it uses lightning. I see. So, I would recommend either leaving overnight and arriving in the morning... Or leaving at pre-dawn and arriving at 8. Not at 8, I apologize. Leaving pre-dawn and arriving at well, 8. So that was a very specific time. Um, <laughs> I'll try to see if we can... I'll look over at Zenith and I'll see. I'll try to see if we can get him up on time. Hey. Do you have any question, Any more questions? Or is it pretty much the location you were wondering about? Mostly the location. But if we're going to have to fight one of these things... Is there anything in particular that we should know? 
if you have any way of defending yourself against lightning, I would recommend that. That is its main go-to. Stay away from ledges. Catherine looks at Reese. It likes to drop people off of ledges. It's a pretty easy way to get rid of a creature, an enemy that can't fly. And on the very, very off chance that you arrive and there is more than one Arcock present, find a different nest. Good to know. It is very uncommon for them to live together, but if they live together, that means that they have bonded in such an intense way that they will they will fight to the death. Tooth and nail. It would not be a just find a different one. She points to a couple of other one a couple of other spots in the area near the one that you went to that she directed you to first. I guess one last thing. When we are fighting it, is there anything that it doesn't like? I'm going to be honest. I'm much more of a cartographer and a researcher. I'm not really, I don't really know much about monsters themselves or the natural fauna of the area. Makes sense. I'm not, I'm not there, but they should ask for accounts of previous (laughs) fights against them. You just hear Zenith in the background. Ask for an account. Would I know something as the resident ranger slash animal person slash physically an animal? (laughs) I'm going to say that because you didn't really awaken to your more animalistic, like your nature powers until later in life. No, you probably don't know anything about this. I know nothing. It's ent- it's entirely possible that you've heard like tales about them, or like there's been a she- sea shanty written about one. But it's they're, they're all dramatized, so it's basically like the most terrifying monster to exist. So like anything you would have heard is probably not helpful at all. <laughs> yeah, I know nothing. If it was something in the ocean, probably. But this is thunderbirds don't get too close to the ocean. I take it. I, I take it. I do. I don't know where that's going. <laughs> Catherine's turning Catherine did a reverse My Fair Lady. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what y'all did to her. She became lower. <laughs> she was a prim and proper woman and then she started slumming it with you. Catherine Corruption Arc. Uh, it's her real accent slowly coming out. The swamp accent. Just talking yellow. Fully there. Yeah, canon that yellow. Oi, mate, you me dead. Century. Oi, oi, mister, you me dad. <laughs> oi, mister. <laughs> you me dad. British audience, <laughs> I am so sorry. Anyway, uh, any literature regarding these birds? Um, yes, um, sisters. Maybe an account of uh, of an of an encounter with one. Sure. Um, She twiddles her fingers a little bit and a couple of books come flying through from different parts of the library and a small stack, probably four or five of them, lands next to you. They have titles like uh, Monsters in the Storm, The Ever Ever Sparking Light, things like like really like dramatic titles. And Aesop's Fables. (laughs) For good measure. And she says... You'll find anything that we have would be in these books. I'm just unfortunately not super familiar with the creature itself. No, I appreciate it. Thank you very much, darling. Of course. You just give me a holler if you need anything. And she gives you a little wave and walks off. Well, I guess I have some reading to do. Zenith must be enjoying himself. He is. Oh, boy. Yeah, maybe we should check up on him. He's, he's in his zone. Fully, 
fully like swinging on the on the on the ladder, you know, like Bella, like you said, he's trying to swing <laughs> on the chandelier. Yeah. He, he's broken out into song. <laughs> Isn't this amazing? <laughs> so, Zenis, give me an investigation check, and you can give me that with advantage. Because you're a librarian, you know the you know the D and D decimal system. D and decimal. It's not the investigation decimal. Bye. That's a fourteen. All right. So yeah, you look through the books, and there are the bulk of what they say references angels themselves. They basically just say like they're very similar to angels, but charged with lightning. So it takes you a little while. At one point, you slide your ladder all the way down to the edge and you find a book about angels themselves so the danger from the storm angel that you encountered doesn't come from it being electrically charged that was definitely a problem that more changed the problem that already existed angels in Aloria are one of the immortal races changed by the incursion of the gods in ages past they do not view things in terms of gray Things are black and white. You are either a good person or a bad person. What you are doing is correct, is good and just, or bad and deserves punishment. And their punishments are usually incredibly severe because their mindsets are, if you're a sinner, you can't sin anymore if you're dead. So they will very oftentimes show up randomly to places of conflict or potential conflict, and they will try and end the conflict by their own terms necessary. So they act as judge, jury, and executioner. Skirmishes will often be ended because they have a very, they have a very twisted, like anti-Valkyrie sort of vibe. They will show up to a conflict while it's still happening, decide who is in the right, and annihilate everyone else. And then they will basically tell the rest of them, hey, you won, you were in the right, do you want to become angels? So it's a, it's, it's very bad, it's very twisted, it's very wrong, and I know that Josh is trying to correct me really heavily. Mm -hmm. That's what Valkyries actually did, though. That's exactly what they do, isn't it? Yeah. That's not what the common mythology says. I'm sorry! <laughs> I'm just saying I don't have your like, level of education. I, I can't sorry, we don't know. have a PhD in Norse mythology. <laughs> Neither do I! <laughs> Yet. Yet. <laughs> sorry! Anyway, so that is, it, it's a very, very Valkyrie vibe. They, they pretty much decide what happens what get, what gets done, what doesn't get done, and who is right. Nobody knows where they live, which is a problem because they, they do have a base, a headquarters, and most of the time you will go most of your life without ever seeing an angel. There are very few accounts of angels because most people who interact with angels do not survive. I'm specifically looking for some account of someone maybe controlling or perhaps manipulating an angel into doing their bidding. So you would know this already. The immortal races, it is almost nigh impossible to control them by magic. They are so suffused with the wild magic that happened during the incursion that it is almost impossible to enchant or charm them. Like for example, Steno is a Gorgon who is also one of the immortal races. Karolf, you probably have experience knowing that people have tried to enchant your or curse your mother and simply are not able to. It just doesn't work. It does not take. And the issue is that immortal the immortal races also are just like native magic users. They don't get their powers from anywhere. They are like sorcerers on crack speed and meth. 
they all can do basically what within their sort of domain of the god that sort of changed them they can do pretty much every anything they have a low level ability to rewrite reality in that regard which makes them incredibly dangerous most immortal races don't use this ability because it is those that partake those that live among the mortal races understand that that is a, it's too far doing that around other people is far too far angels do not care angels are fully we are better than you so we know better than you okay sure i'm thinking if i have something else i would like to research while i'm here but that was pretty much it i was pretty i was kind of uh wondering if that angel was sent by someone or if, if it was just a happenstance based on your research it is significantly more likely that that angel was a regular angel that got caught up in a powerful ether storm, which changed it. It is probably still working with the other angels, and they have probably made some decision to end you, to destroy you. Or it's entirely possible that you were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. You happened to be in the area, and they saw you and decided that what for some reason you were wrong. You did something wrong. You, you know, it's... It, it, there, it could be multiple things, but it is more likely than not, from your research, that the flight of angels themselves have made some sort of... They've either been told something wrong, or they have... They just don't like you guys for some reason. Which, I mean, I can think of several. That's rude. <laughs> I am dejected. I'm gonna walk back to the to the others and communicate what I've learned. Basically, we have a if that angel was communicating with the other angels, we may have an immortal race against us. Oh, lovely. But it is also equally as likely that y'all were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. You do have, you have received, there are accounts of people just being attacked. Hmm. I'm gonna hope for the latter, personally. I think it's best for us to focus on this Arcock. Which is also... And akin to a phoenix, I would just like to point out that no matter what we do, it loops back to fighting birds that can come back from the dead. And that is a very specific MO. I... Uh, Catherine's just going to close the book she's reading and put it back on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, this one is a lightning bird, so entirely different planes. I don't know if that means... You know what? Lightning can also cause fires, Zenus. Great. So these elemental birds keep deciding to attack us. Right. To be fair, the phoenix isn't actually a bird. That's just the form that mortals have given her. Yeah, she's just the primordial force that generated all phoenixes. But she's not a bird. She comes from the phoenix region of France. <laughs> she's from Arizona. Bye. She's, she's Arizona. <laughs> That's why she's she so evil. <laughs> the heat will do that to you. Oh my god. Nothing good comes out of it. I don't know. So, for the rest of you, the four of you, are you all actively doing research, or are you kind of waiting for Zenas to come in, lead the group in a group study session? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to go up to the librarian. Uh, Sarah, right? Their name. If you are going to leave the group, I'm going to have that happen after the re after I figure out what the rest of the group is going to do. Yeah. Okay. So I'll get to you in just one moment. Okay. Waylon, you said you're waiting for Zenus. Yeah, I mean, if we got the 
location of a net of like where we could be able to find nests. That's all that I really need. All right. So I'll just wait for him. Rolf and Catherine. I'm gonna look for um records of past fights. And Catherine? Because it has told me to. <laughs> Catherine's gonna look for uh weaknesses. Alright. Can I have the two of you roll me an investigation check, please? Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh well that's uh, thirteen. <laughs> Rolf. Can't read. Oh, <laughs> Rolf can't read. <laughs> He's so overwhelmed by all the books. Stena was like, you're a pirate. You don't need to know words. <laughs> There's too much knowledge. <laughs> so yeah, Rolf, you don't find anything particularly... It's very dense academic academia-type like literature. So... You know that thing you were just complaining about, Doc? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just really can't read that in real life. So it's the kind of thing where you read three pages and then you realize they could have said it in one sentence. It's a mm-hmm. very frustrating. You put the book down, you're done. Catherine, you are a little more used to the intellectual reading because for the most part, your mother would be like, Here, here's a collection of ancient scrolls that are written in like six different languages and by a chicken, figure it out. But every so often, she would give you a very thick old tome and it is very dense academia literature and she would say i need you to memorize this so you can do this crunch time you look up and you found out that the weaknesses of the arcock are typically cold they like a lot of other things that thrive in the heat the arcock is incredibly susceptible to sudden changes in temperature which is why it typically makes its nest and tries to keep its nest as hot as possible since it lives in the the cold mountainsides. You also know that due to the fact that there's constant electrical currents running through their body, if you can disrupt that current in some way, that has always been very effective. People have done so by grounding it, getting it on the ground is a good way of doing it, covering it with earth, anything that doesn't conduct electricity, Go full ash from episode one of Pokemon and have like rubber laundry gloves, but that is the bulk of what you found. It's some pretty pretty solid information. It doesn't sound impossible to do, especially since you are going in a little more prepared. Hmm. I feel like Zenith will come quite in handy in this fight. So, thousands of miles away, Reese walks up to the front counter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna find a librarian and just be like, "Hey, I'm not I- sure if you can tell." Hi there, uh, Reese or dear, and I'm like, put my hand out, shake it. I am traveling with a pretty capable group of magic people, mm-hmm. and I recently have discovered that I can do magic, but I'm not good at it. Congratulations! Thanks. But I'm not. Good at it. Most people Sorry, aren't when they start. I wasn't good when I first got my magic. I was three. I'm 120, but okay. Uh oh. Yeah. Um late bloomer. We love that. Yeah. Uh anyway. That's one way to put it. Catherine yells from across the library. No, Catherine, your head pops out of one of the books just sitting on the ground. <laughs> you found the portal books. Full on Doctor Strange. Anyway, I've noticed that like um my powers are kind of my magic is kind of different from everybody else's. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you had some sort of like 
magic for dummies that may or may not be given to you by a man in your dreams wearing shiny armor. Ooh, okay. Man in your dreams and shiny armor may or may not have given you your powers. So I think we can check off that you st- study magic the way that a wizard does. It doesn't sound like it was something that you were just sort of in- born with if it took 120 years to develop. So do you did you make like a deal with this man? Do you have a pact with him of some sort? That could be how, where you're getting your magic. And I have plenty of books on that. Reese going to think back to the time when his dad was really sick and he just prayed for anybody to help him. And just like, maybe? The term pact is really loose. I've seen people come in here and they've asked for assistance writing packs from our, our counselors. And they're like 14,000 pages of legalese. It's, it's, it's nuts. Some of them are a lot more wishy-washy. So I'm going to guess that's what that is. Do you want me to get you Warlocks for Dummies or whatever I have? Yeah, if you just got like Warlocks for Dummies, I get that is one of the names that I've been called. I've been called a witch. I've been called oh, Warlock. Okay. So you're, pro- you're probably a Warlock. You're probably a Warlock. I'll get you a couple of options. All right. So she hops off her book, her little stand, and she goes to the back and she pulls out a couple of books that are in on a small bookshelf behind the desk. And she sets a few down in front of you. One says, um, the patron's endeavor. It says, writing a pact and dealing with your patron for beginners. One says, so you just got magic, with a question mark. And the final one, she sort of gives you like a little tentative push as she pushes it across. She very clearly is like not sure what sort of response that you'll get. And it is very clearly a beginner's book for magic for like children. And she says, I mean no offense when I suggest this. This just has a lot of helpful tips for, like, producing your first your magic for the first time. So if you could, like, I'm just trying to help. I'm sorry. It's got pictures and colors. The pop easy book. Right, right. right. <laughs> um, no, this is really helpful. I was also wondering if you had any sort of books that might talk about different patrons. He doesn't really talk much so at this point she she grabs the patron's endeavor book and she starts flipping through it she goes so pretty much any significantly powerful magical thing can be a warlock patron so there's not really like a catalog list of them what i would recommend and again given your situation i don't know your situation this may or may not be something you're comfortable with she flips to a to like chapter eight and it says communing with your patron and she turns it around and she puts it aside she says this has quite a few different options for communing with your patron, either through signs or symbols, um, trances, dream, uh, dreams. Like you said, you had a dream with your patron before. My suggestion, if you are trying to delve into the secrets of this, is to just ask. There's a lot of protective measures that you can take in here, so you're not going to have to worry about anything bad happening. I would say, though, you need to have a couple of people assist you with the spell circle. A couple of what? Sorry. A couple of people to assist you with the spell circle. Okay. Thank you. Uh, and then uh, I'll take the, the book on patrons and, and, the, and the kids' book on magic. One last question. Y'all got any cookbooks? So, Zenis, you have continued, finished your research, and you make your way back to the cartography station where 
Prolf is standing away from the book. Waylon is sort of sitting at the table expectantly. He looks like he's waiting instructions. And Catherine is deep in the, the literature she's reading. And Reese is nowhere to be seen. Any luck with the Arcock research? I'm just going to hand you the book, Zenas, and be like, here. Just here. Well, send a book, but it was a little difficult for him to get through. I told you, you have to scheme. You, most of the um, of the information here is distractors. You have, you have, have to learn to skim it. I don't think I have that time. <laughs> Why would an informative guide include a bunch of distractors? Because people who write books need to make themselves feel bigger. Hmm. These books wouldn't be so long if they didn't keep adding unnecessary words. This is back in the old days when they got paid by the word. Hmm. I did find some information uh, that you'd be eager to hear, Zenis, in regards to defeating the Arcoc. Apparently, they have quite a resist, or they're quite um, vulnerability weak to. They're vu- quite vulnerable. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. They're quite vulnerable to uh, cold damage. Oh, damage from spells that you might this. That's a good thing. I can do that. <laughs> We've been fighting fire fire monsters so far, so yes, it would be a nice thing to taste. I'm looking forward to being on the advantage. Mm-hmm. That's all I've heard so far. I'm not sure where Reese got up to. So, not long after that statement, Reese walks in and he has a stack of cookbooks, probably four or five of them, and on top of that, he has a very. I will have. I will. Sorry, I will have put the magic books like in the bag of holding, because I, I didn't want uh, the rest of the group to know about it. I should have said that before, Tom. But. All right. So he arrives with a large stack of cookbooks. Well, there he is. People, y'all were complaining about my mushroom stew, so I figured I'd try and familiarize myself with some of the other stuff that we can make around here. I'm just gonna throw it all down on the table, not the one with the map, because I don't want to ruin the map, but like another table. A worthy endeavor. It'd be nice to have something different. Yes, yes it will. Can Zenith do like an insight check or something? <laughs> For what? Actually, can Catherine too? Why? Catherine can tell that well, Reese looks nervous. Um, yeah, that. Alright, give me an insight check, and Reese, go ahead and give me a deception check. But go ahead and roll with advantage, because you're just... It's just a lie by omission. You're not right. You don't look uncomfortable, so I'm, it's gonna. It's not gonna be easy for them to see. Twenty-two. Oh, okay. Well. All right. Oh, okay. Zenis Reese has been offended by the comments about his mushroom stew in the past, so him getting upset by this totally checks out. Okay. And Catherine, you feel like for almost a second, you you feel like there might be something up, but Reese is being very direct. And you're just kind of, it just kind of gets into the push to the back of your mind. You're like, okay, whatever. Back to reading. He's not panting and sweating, so it's probably not that big of a deal. <laughs> I really wanted to mm-hmm. do an insight check because I never get to do them and I'm <laughs> proficient in them. It's because Nacho, it's because Zenus trusts people. Yeah. Oh, I'm proficient in them too, shit. <laughs> I'm not. I am, however, proficient in deception. Yeah, I'm proficient in both. Yeah, that's a, that checks out. It's a nice mix. <laughs> All right, well, do we just head out and go and try and find one of these things? Well, we shouldn't go right now, because didn't she say not to go until morning? 
Yes. We don't want to fight them at night. Mm -mm. Oh, no. What time is it? This is still the the same day that... Yes, at this point, it's probably about 3 or 4 p.m. Would I have brought the book uh, that Amethyst gave, gave me with me? I was under the impression that it was never leaving your sight. I thought you weren't able to oh, not bring it. Yeah, I, yeah, that's fair. I guess if there's no, if there's nothing else uh, we have to do here, I guess we, we might as well try to find out more about this. And he's going to pull it out. Oh, yes. Should we, um, should we ask the uh, nice lady at the front desk about that? Is it a good idea? Uh, you tell me. I mean, I'm inclined to think so. She, but there's, uh, there's nothing more. There's nothing inherently shatters homey about it. Oh, I was just wondering if she might have any information. I mean, I I suppose we don't we don't have anything to lose. So, what were you planning? Zenith uh, is going to take um, Zenith is going to take uh, uh, Catherine kind of like by the elbow, you know just locking elbows and he's gonna go with a with, with her to the front desk to ask for help so you get there and sarah is still organizing those those cards that you saw her with earlier she puts them aside and she goes oh were was there more that you needed assistance with uh yes actually there's um i have this book in my possession and i was wondering if you could tell me anything you could know about it, or if you could point me in the direction that uh, of anyone that knows, could know about it. And he's gonna pull it out. And... Have you seen anything like this before? So, you set it on the table, and she reaches out for it, and she says, may I? Yes, of course. So, she, she pulls it slightly towards her, and she places her hand on it, and she says, oh, wow, this is covered in enchantments. Uh, I'm assuming you are having trouble getting rid of this book. I haven't tried to get rid of it. Oh. I'm gonna well, be honest. There's an enchantment on this binding it to you, so it looks like if you don't want somebody to see it, it gets back to you. So I'm not entirely sure. Where did you get this? An acquaintance gave it to me. Interesting. Yeah, this acquaintance uh does not want anything to happen to you. There are a lot of enchantments tied directly to your aura here. You mean protections? Protections, yes. It looks like people are... There, there is a lot of divination magic on this. Protective divination magic. There are a couple of abjuration spells. But they are all tied directly to him. No wonder I couldn't dispel it. Oh no, you would have a very difficult time spelling this. I'm surprised it didn't hurt you. And sure didn't. She will lie through her teeth. I mean, it didn't not hurt. <laughs> The only kind of book that I've ever seen like this, with this level of magic tied to a specific indi- specific individual, is a grimoire. So the the very powerful ancient tomes that ancient wizards and witches used to use mm-hmm. that acted as both familiar and repository of knowledge. So I don't mean to frighten you, but it's entirely possible this book is sent to you. That is as familiar as a book. <laughs> I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying it is. It feels very much like a grimoire, and grimoire, grimoires often were sentient. Are they dangerous? It hasn't shown any signs of sentience yet. I'm assuming it would have spoken to you by now. Spoken to you. With how with how powerful it is and tied directly to you, I'm assuming it would have said something. Sadness, have you been talking to this book? 
I've been reading the book. I don't think that counts as talking to it. And Zenith is gonna like like grab it, maybe take a few steps to the right and go. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Zenith goes up to the book and says, "Hi, gay." <laughs> the book. The book responds, "Hi, flop." <laughs> he goes. Wait, no, I can't. I was gonna make a. Um, I was gonna make a Dora the Explorer map song, but I, I mine's in English, yours is in Spanish. Oh, oh, does Dora teach you English? <laughs> yeah, she does. Whoa! <laughs> Alternate universe confirmed. Ooh, I didn't know that was a thing. What? I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it I makes guess. sense. Notcher's living in the Notcher's living in the Argentina AU. <laughs> oh my god! Whoa! I didn't know. He's not gonna teach us Spanish. We yeah, know that already. I just I assumed that they didn't. I just play I just it. assumed they didn't have Dora. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, like something else. Kind of blows my mind. So you you say you say hello, and give me an insight check. Yay! I get to make one of those again. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was almost a seventeen eight. So you say hello, and you don't hear anything. You don't, like, feel any magic or anything like that. But for the splittest of seconds, you think you feel the book vibrate. Okay, so no words for now. I mean, can you imagine if a work, if a book could speak to you? Don't all books speak to you? Dream come true. Yeah. <laughs> Zenis is like, if I can just bring a library to life, why would I need friends? Zenis is about to invent audiobooks. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to leave you the instant he becomes rich. Honestly, me. No, he's going to take Catherine with him. Catherine's going to voice the audiobooks. She'll be his manager. So Catherine then steps away, says, hi. There's a moment. Then the book lowers a little bit. Did it? No words yet. Speak to you? Oh, all right. Yet. That's the key word yeah. there. <laughs> well, um... I guess we can keep an eye out. At least it's it seems like this book is trying to keep you safe. Oh yes, I don't detect any sort of malevolent magic. It seems that it is just entirely at, dedicated to keeping that that boy safe, alive, and mind unread. Hmm. What about its contents? Oh, I, I mean, I haven't opened the book yet. She opens the book and she looks at it and she goes, "What? Well, I don't know what I'm looking at." <laughs> it's. Because it's written in an incredibly complicated cipher. Yes. <laughs> Did you have any luck with this, developing a cipher? Well, um, no. But uh, Amethyst decoded the first chapter for me. And he's gonna... Oh, I just opened to a random page in the back. <laughs> she flips back to the front and she goes, It's a book on fairy tales? Yeah, that's what I thought too. Why would you need protective... Uh, magic on a book on fairy tales. Well, I mean, grimoires oftentimes didn't really serve its use exactly as a spell book in the sense that it was written down. Things were very specific. Things were written down. They're often a book that has emotional or significant importance to the individual because they don't actually need to write down their spells in a grimoire because the grimoire remembers them for them. Hmm. So it's entirely possible that either this book is important to your acquaintance, or she thought it would be important to you. 
Well, that is a fairy tale I'm familiar with. So the latter is completely possible. Hmm. Also, I have no idea what the rest of the book is. The rest of the book might be something very different. I didn't have any luck decoding it either, so most of the progress well, most of the progress I I made was decoded when the first chapter was decoded. My life's work and he just he just tweeted it out. So I know that you all are participating in the Festival of Thought. If you succeed, you should receive access to the Royal Vault, at least as part of, you know, your celebratory tour. The Royal Vault does have Gavix's decoder eye that he had. I don't really know how it works, but it's a small crystal that you look through. And it supposedly decodes text. As winners, if you won, obviously. As winners... When we win. <laughs> oh, no, she had it right. You're having a chance to having a chance to use it is well within your rights. Very well. I don't see why we shouldn't go after that. Looks like you have a little pet. A little pet book, Zenis. I won't just want it a pet. I was picturing a dog. Just you have to remember to feed him and walk him. <laughs> it's a big responsibility. Having a book is a big responsibility. <laughs> big responsibility. Having a sentient book. Oh boy. What do you feed a book? Uh, well, shall any any other questions, or should we head back to the group and regroup? I don't have any anything else to ask. So thank you for all your work, Sarah. Of course, all you have to do is just come in. I'm here most every day, and I'm happy to help. Thank you very much. Of course. If it, and if you're ever by the Elemental Codex, just ask for me, and I'll be sure to give you a tour. Her hands slam onto the table, and she goes, you are from the Elemental Codex? Yes, of course. And I point to my uh, little vest that I'm wearing, to the icon on the above my heart. This girl went from calm and cute to full fangirl over the course of two seconds. She she is super excited. She says, oh, I, I, you're, I you didn't realize you were a librarian of the Codex. Oh, my goodness. I apologize for our poor selection. No, no need to apologize. You've been more than helpful, and and your selection has been, has been more than sufficient. Oh, I'm very glad. Thank you. I can tell you put a lot of work into curating this library. It's taken a long time, but uh, I'm, I'm doing what I can. Uh, I, I've i never been to the Codex. I would love to go to the Codex one day. Um, I, I will definitely ask for you if I go. And if I'm not around, I'm sure... Uh, just saying that I've, I sent you would would get you some preferential treatment, hopefully. So she she's she has a like a, a dark olive skin, and you can see her face flushes very intensely. She goes, "Oh, <laughs> oh, thank you. That's very nice of you." Athens gonna nudge Zentness just on the side a little, <laughs> and she's going to say, "I'm so sorry. I do need to get this done before we close." Uh, if you need anything else, like I said, I'm here all the time. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you very much. And she goes back onto her stand and she starts continuing the project she was looking at. Her eyes keep like flickering over to you guys as you leave. <laughs> I'm just gonna pull Zenis. I think I made a friend. Oh, yes, you're you're a regular celebrity around here, <laughs> flexing your codex credentials. I wonder if she's read anything I've published. Maybe. I don't know if now's the time to ask her. 
for a later time then. Dennis is like, but I have a fan. <laughs> Catherine's like, you'll have many more. Let's Do you go. want anything so? Catherine's like, you have a fan. Get over yourself. Get over. <laughs> I have towns dedicated to me. Talk to me. Talk to me when you can get uh, free room and board at any editing tavern. <laughs> so are the two of you just heading back to the group? Yeah, Dennis, I, think, you with I think. Okay. Great. The two of you are heading back to the group? I believe, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The three of you are approached by Catherine and Zenis as they return. Zenis is... Zenis, did you put your the, the tome away? Or did you keep it out? Uh, I didn't grab it right away, but I, I'm just try I'm just going to try to like snap my fingers and have it appear in my hands. So as you arrive and you you hold you don't even get a chance to snap your fingers. You hold out your hand and the thought of I want the book crosses your mind and it just appears in your hand. Hey. Hmm. Looks so confused. I was that for a good trick. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to put it in his mes messenger bag and just pat it. So did you guys learn anything fun? Well, Zenis made a fan. I made a friend. Oh, you have a fan? She's a, a fellow librarian, of course. She was quite taken. Oh, no, I told her quite taken with Zenis when she realized uh, his codex experience. Yes, oh. but anyways, we asked, asked about um, the book and if she knew anything about it, and apparently has a few, uh, quite a few words on it. But other than that, she couldn't tell us much. Good words or bad words or. <laughs> Seems to be keeping him safe. Like, abjuration magic. What's a bad word? I don't know. Something that like anti-life shell would be a bad word. That's a to, to yeah. I was thinking of that. <laughs> to be fair, a a bad word. What is what is a bad word? Would be a question that Krolf would ask. It would be. It very much would be. I don't know magic. I mean, I could do magic, but I don't know it. I summon plants. Thank you for joining us here on Proficiency Plus Six. Be sure to follow our Twitter at Prof Plus Six to listen for further updates and episode drops.